0: The last couple weeks, uh, we've been doing like a basic foundations of Christ. Uh, The Monday after Easter, we talked about uh, the resurrection, yeah? And uh, the week after that, we talked about since the resurrection is real, yeah? What should our response be, yeah? And our response should be um to go and fulfill the last words of jesus before he left yeah to go and make disciples of all nations like that would be a worthy uh response for our lives um but there's one thing for us to say that we want to do things for god and a something totally different to actually go and and do them uh so a little background for myself uh I grew up in the church of a nazarene uh church over here in pukalani and uh a a bunch of my my christian my early christian life was uh real foundation built so uh when I was younger and and it was good it was good like i was i really appreciated uh it but the the- morning devotions was pressed a lot like if you were a good believer. If you were a good Christian, then you read your Bible every day, you prayed every day, and you journaled every day, you know. And there were seasons in my life where that was good, you know. Like I, uh, I went to school at, at Maui High uh, because Kekolike, uh was still in its young, young days. And uh, my dad worked uh, from 7 to 3, which means he wanted to get to work at like 6 o'clock. So I got to school early all the time. And so when I started driving like a junior and senior year, I would drop him off at work and then I would take the car to school. And so I would get to school at like 6.15, you know. And I would be like, hey, school does not start till 07.45. Uh, and so I didn't have anything better to do. I, I guess that's like a wrong way of saying it. But I just would have all of this time. And so I would, uh, I would pray. I would read my Bible. And, and sometimes I would journal, you know. And and I and I spent good time with God. And that's a good practice for us. I mean, really, like if if you're a Christian, right, like you're a follower of Jesus, you're gonna wanna know what uh what we should follow, you know. Like there should be a hunger and a drive for God's word. There should be a hunger and a drive to to talk with God, yeah. There should be a hunger and a drive inside of us to love others, you know. Jesus kept it real simple. He said, love God and love others. Yeah, of all the commandments out there, he said love God and love others. And so when I was younger, all these things were were preached at me and and I followed them as good as I could, but how many of us here can admit that we don't do it that well? Yeah? Like to go maybe a couple of days without reading your word or, you know, uh, not even know where your Bible is right now, you know? Or when was the last time you actually stopped and and just prayed like for whatever, you know, like not necessary for a list of needs, but just stopped and prayed. Like, hey, God, how's it going? And you just start praying, whatever comes to your mind. And I used to hear, right, I used to hear, I was a young Christian, right, in, in high school, and I used to hear these uh the super christians you get those super christians right guys who like got their bible memorized and oh i've already read through this many books and you can ask them questions about the bible and and they know how to respond to them and you're like uh i am definitely not that guy you know i know i love god but i'm definitely not that guy who's like super diligent and disciplined in the the spiritual disciplines yeah um and so I, I grew up with this hierarchy in my life of good Christian, bad Christian, when I was actually, that's, that's a wrong scale to even have in your mind. Like, we're either believers or we're not believers, amen? Okay? We're either believers or we're not believers. It's never a comparison of good Christian, bad Christian. That doesn't make sense. Like, once we are sinners, and then we're forgiven, and then we're sons and daughters of God. That's what scripture says, Yeah? Scripture doesn't say like you are either a good Christian or a bad Christian. Yes, Scripture doesn't even really talk about Christian. Christian is a term that came from the world describing those who follow Jesus. So if the world was looking at your life, could they say like, hey, this person, you know, they do things differently. Yeah, they're kind of weird like that. They pray. That's weird. You know, sometimes they're at the flagpole praying. That's weird. Sundays they wake up and go to church. That's weird. Mondays, they show up at church. That's weird. They just went to church yesterday. You know. Paul says we should, you know, Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter twelve says we shouldn't conform to the pattern of the world. Yeah, if you look like the world and you act like the world and you talk like the world, then you you probably are like the world, you know, and not like Jesus. Jesus came and he was unlike anything that this world had ever seen or imagined. So Um, I just want to talk about that a little bit, yeah? How do we get off of the the understanding of being a good Christian or a bad Christian and just be somebody who loves Jesus? Like, how do we get from being, uh, from having a desire to love him to actually loving him, yeah? To have a desire for God's word and then to actually get into God's word. Because just left on your own, you might do it, pretty good for a certain season but then something might change and then you know you're like ah whatever i'm over it so christianity what i'm saying is it shouldn't just be a fad right like we we're followers of jesus or we're not followers of jesus and pretty much you know all of you in here like i know you guys have all called on the name of the lord like you call yourself a believer and not only call yourself a believer but but you are a believer We believe that God is is holy, yeah, and he's sinless, that man um, was not holy, and they were very sinful, and God sent Jesus down here uh, to pay the price for our sin. Yeah, we just celebrated Easter uh, a couple weeks ago, and we shouldn't just celebrate Easter a couple weeks ago because that's the good Christian, bad Christian, the people who only go to church Christmas and Easter. Like, oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to go to church two times a year, you know? It's not about that. We know that it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship, yeah? It's not about just going to church. It's about being the church, okay? So I want to uh, teach you guys a little bit. In, in order for us to get off of the scale of being a good Christian, bad Christian, and just being a believer that loves God, we need something more than self-effort. We need something more than self-discipline. We need something more than just do it, do it, do it, do it.
1: We need a brand new heart. Yeah. We need a brand new spirit. Yeah. And
0: Jesus promised that he would replace a heart of stone inside of us and give us a heart of flesh. And upon that heart, he would write his word. Amen. That he would write his desires on us. Like John would teach that we cannot... After we come and become believers, you, you cannot go back. Why? Because your heart is different. Yeah? We might fall back maybe into a sin for a certain season, but really we, we're at it in a whole different aspect. Why? Because we have a brand new spirit inside of us. And I just want to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, we just finished uh, the beginning of this year. We, we spent some time in the temptations, right? The temptations of Jesus. And we knew that baptism... And then after baptism, he was given the Holy Spirit, and then that Holy Spirit led him into the desert. He was tested. He came out empowered. So first he was filled, and then he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. In order for us to be the believers that God wants us to be, in order for us to be like his sons and daughters, we need his spirit inside of us. And I just want to talk about that from a, a historical, like a biblical chronological understanding rather than just hey, you guys need the Holy Spirit. Like, like, where did that start? How did that kind of form? So Is all right? Do a little history. So of all my classes in college, okay, uh, the one that I enjoyed the most was Bible church history. So good. I had a great professor, this guy uh, Gerard Reed. He would read like 300 books a year. Crazy. Yeah, the most read-up read professor uh, in our school. Uh, They would have these debates between the college students and the professors. You know, they they would set up the setting, choose a topic. And then it's funny because the students would get up and they would make their argument and make their points. And and then Gerard Reed would come up and he's like, well, actually, you quoted that guy wrong. I have his book right here. I read it on page 75. He says it this way, you know, and you're like, how do I respond, you know? Um, Anyway, he he did a class on Bible church history that was my favorite. and, And I'll give you guys a little synopsis, like a little snippet of uh, from Adam and Eve all the way to present. Fast. Real easy. can do? So let's stop. Let's pray because it's not me that's going to teach you guys. Hopefully it's God that's going to teach you. Um, But yeah, Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Thanks so much for the time that we have together. Um, Jesus, I just pray that you'd be present. You're the mighty teacher. Uh, You sent us your Holy Spirit to be um, our counselor, our help. Uh, the one in, that we need in the time of, in the time of our needs and trials, uh, we just ask that you'd be here that you would somehow, as we look back on history, Lord, that we would see your handiwork then, and see your handiwork now. Uh, love you, Father. Thanks so much for for being here. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, um, so where where does the start the story start? Anyone know? The beginning, bro. The beginning. Okay. So uh, in the beginning, I'm just gonna go down the middle. So we have uh, creation, yeah. So if you guys are drawing notes, I'm gonna make a list down here, and then I have like branches to the left and to the right. Um, uh, Sarah, maybe you can or Mikala, go grab paper from the printer, and then you can hand out paper, and people can take notes. <coughs> you guys have pens in front of you. Okay, so start with creation, yeah. Uh, Creation pretty simple. God created it all. Amen. Pretty simple. And then within creation, he created Adam and Eve. Yeah? Adam and Eve. Yeah. Okay. Um, Adam and Eve. From there we have the story of uh Noah. I know in your Bibles, um, in your Bibles, Noah comes a lot later, but actually, like chronologically, they would put, it's debated, but chances are, uh, um, yeah, we're not talking about King and Abel. We're just going to jump, jump ahead, yeah? So we got creation, Adam and Eve, um, you got Noah and the flood, yeah? Noah and the flood and the Tower of Babel. Where everybody was, they used to have one language and God said, let's split these guys up. And he dispersed everybody and gave them different languages. After Noah, probably came in Job. These two, not too sure, but chances are Job came after Noah. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of the beginning. Yeah. So in, uh, from creation to Adam and Eve to Noah to Job, uh, God was present, but as I said earlier, uh, there was no uh, written word, there was no place of worship, there was no people of God, yeah? Like God revealed himself to certain people, but uh, really those three aspects are huge within sight of who we are, yeah? To have a teaching, to know that we're a certain people, and to um, have a place of worship, yeah? That we can... Not just worship in the temple, but we can worship uh, to ourselves. So after Job, yeah, um, we have uh, the f- the kamehameha of the Jewish tradition. Okay, so as or, or the Duke Hanamoku of surfing. So when you think about um, the Jewish people, when they think about fathers of faith, there's one name that stands above all else. Yeah, Abraham. Okay. Okay, so something, something different happened with Abraham, yeah? Anybody know what happened different with Abraham than he did with uh, Noah and Job and Adam and Eve? Yes, yes. God came and he started a promise, yeah? Yeah, he said unto Abraham, you would be the father of many nations, yeah? Your descendants are going to outnumber the grains of sand on this earth, okay? Um, and so you guys know the story. Uh, Abraham was was late in his uh, age, old age, and his wife still never have one baby yet. And he's like, God was promising him he would be a father of many nations and he didn't have any kids. He's like, how is that going to work? You know? Um, so we do know what the story is. God did show up and did give him a son. And his son was named Isaac. Okay? So Abraham... Yeah, oh, and then we got Isaac,
1: the two S's, okay, two A's, yeah, sorry,
0: no, anyway, okay, Abraham, and then we have Isaac,
1: it's two S's. Portuguese. It eh, eh? <laughs> looks weird.
0: Okay, anyway. Oh, yeah, it looks better. Okay, Abraham, and then we have uh, his son, Isaac. Yeah? And then Isaac birthed what significant son? Jacob, yeah? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Okay, I'm just. I don't want to spend too much time on each character, yeah, because we got we got a lot to cover. But Abraham, Isaac, um, Isaac bore Jacob. Jacob had how many sons? Jacob had twelve sons. Okay, which is a critical number. Yes, Jacob had twelve sons. From Jacob's twelve sons came the twelve tribes of Israel. Okay that's super huge because as of now uh there's there's no people of god okay at this point in in uh our history there's there's no israel yet okay there's n- we're getting there we're getting there okay so uh there's no nation of people there's no written word there's no place of of worship really okay god is still choosing to make himself known through his revelation to abraham yeah this relationship that he started with abraham he just chose abraham abraham came from a devil worshiping uh, community and he said uh abraham leave where you are and i'm gonna make your father many nations and so abraham packed up all he he had boom and he was out he took him and his family and he started that journey with god okay Um, which is real similar to a lot of our lives. Before we come to um, this realization of who God is and God comes and starts a relationship with us, we're living for all the things counter to what the Bible teaches, you know? It's like, I don't desire the things of God. I desire the things of the world. Okay, so God comes as Abraham. Boom, let's start this journey. Yeah, he fathers Isaac. Isaac fathers Jacob. Jacob is playful, And he has a a couple ladies, and he has 12 sons, okay? The 12 sons um, are going to become the 12 tribes of Israel, but God is still in the midst of of doing all of that. Um, What is the one son that is remembered more? Joseph, okay? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then we have Joseph. Uh, S-E or E-S? That's right okay so we have joseph right uh what's the story of joseph so joseph was yes he was a young kid who had a dream he told the dream to the to the brothers and uh joseph already was loved by jacob more and so um his brothers got jealous after joseph told the brothers his dream his dream was pretty much that they're going to bow down and worship him hey brothers guess what i dreamed last night I'm the man. You guys are about to worship me. You know? They're like, yeah, okay. In the pit. So they kick him in the pit to die. Yeah. He gets sold into slavery, or not sold. Yeah. He gets caught up into slavery and he gets taken to
1: where? Egypt. Yeah. He gets taken to Egypt. Yeah. And, uh,
0: god is still faithful to joseph joseph's not a part of his family anymore but god is still faithful okay so joseph had this amazing uh gift from god to interpret dreams so his dreams uh sometimes got him into trouble but sometimes his dreams got him into uh, places of influence and favor yeah so his uh, joseph his first dream he shared it with his brothers and he ended up in slavery takes him to egypt And long story made short, he becomes number two next to Pharaoh as far as having the most power in the land. So he's a Hebrew, yeah? Joseph is not an Egyptian, yeah? But because of God's favor in his life, God takes this abandoned kid who was thrown out by his family, yeah? And makes him number two in command. Pretty much because the... the uh, the pharaoh had a had a dream, and Joseph um, interpreted for him, and he said, "You're the man." So he he put him under influence over everything. Yeah, he was abandoned by his his family. Okay, so so we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, so there was this time of. Uh, part, uh, one of the, the interpretations, so the second interpretation that, um, the second dream that Joseph had to interpret for the Pharaoh was one of uh, famine and of favor. So he would have seven years of production and favor so that the land would produce more, yeah? And then there comes come seven years of drought. So uh, Joseph interpreted that for the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh said, okay, so for seven years, they stored up uh wheat and grain and material, then when the seven years of famine came, everybody started losing stuff. And the only uh, area that had uh, a bountiful amount of produce was Egypt. And so people started coming to Egypt because they didn't have any food. They didn't have any water. They didn't have anything to feed um, uh, their families and their calves. And so uh, Egypt started... uh, taking land and uh, money and resources and animals from all the people who need. You know, it was just like a trade and barter type of society. Um, One of the families that ended up coming to Egypt was Joseph's family. So Jacob sent some of his sons to go down to Egypt to get grain so that they could eat. And Joseph recognized who they were, but they didn't recognize who he was. And so kind of a cool story of, of how this family all kind of came together. At the climax of the story, um, uh, Joseph keeps one of the sons, sends all the other, bro- I mean, keeps one of the brothers, and sends all the other brothers back and, and makes the dad come. And um, Joseph kicks everybody out, and, and only the family's in there. He reveals himself, and they're, like, crying. And it's a pretty awesome story. It's, it's, it's a must-read, yeah, of all the, like, little stories in the Bible Um, This story of them coming together was was huge. So anyway, so Joseph is in there. He's number two in command under Pharaoh. The the 12 brothers come back uh, with their wives and extended family. They get given this area in Egypt, and they're in a time of peace and prosperity because everybody's coming to Egypt, so Egypt's rich, and their brother is number two in command. And so the Hebrew people stay in Egypt, I think, for like 400 years. Total. Total? I don't know. I forget. But they stay in there for a pretty long time. Um, actually, not... F- yeah, 400. But but... Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in that time, uh, the Hebrew nation, they... What do they do? I mean, there's nothing to do but work and make babies. So they start multiplying. And they get to a point where there's more Hebrew people than Egyptian people. Okay? And so time, time passes by. Uh, I'm not really writing too much of this, but you guys can just absorb this or write notes on your side. Um, time passes by. The pharaoh dies off. A new pharaoh comes in, and the pharaoh doesn't know the agreement that they had with Joseph, you know? So a new pharaoh shows up, and he's like, "Um, these people are outnumbering us. If they were to turn on us, they could rule Egypt. And so after the pharaoh dies and a new pharaoh comes in, they start persecuting uh, the Hebrew people, yeah? So pretty much Joseph, Jacob, all their descendants, and, um, I mean, they they had gotten to, you know, in, in the millions. And so they become slaves to the Egyptians. And that's where the 400 years come in. I think they were enslaved for like up to 400 years. But in the beginning, um, there was in, there's a time of peace and prosperity. Yeah. So after uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, there's, there's a season of, of slavery. Okay? So put that in there. Okay, and who comes onto the scene? Moses. Okay. Onto the scene comes Moses, and I, I want to talk about Moses for a little bit. This is kind of a cool, cool place. So we know that God uses Moses to, to deliver, yeah, God's people. So Moses wasn't eloquent in speech. He wasn't super like you know. Ruly really tight, but God chooses him and says, Moses, you're going to be my instrument to get my people out of there. So long story short, you know, plagues, parting Red Sea, Moses gets the people of Israel out of Egypt, okay? So they get them out of Egypt, and they're in the desert, okay? And in this desert, God gives them, okay the three things that had been missing okay so up until this point yeah they had no written word yeah they had no place of worship yeah and they weren't really a people yet okay they had just kind of become one
1: they were a people, but they weren't necessarily a nation yet. Go. Desert two S's. I I do that all the time.
0: You know how I remember this? It's from um, the hill song, song, "Desert Song." And and I remember there's only one S. Because if not, I was like two S's, one
1: S's. Don't worry about. It, I got you. Okay. Yeah, there's only one S. i like that desert two
0: s's so you get two sundays but then if there's only one s you only get one sunday that means you're in the desert i like that yeah 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 Justin's gonna make us dessert okay so uh moses gets the people by the power of god yeah by the moving of God outside of slavery, out of Egypt, they're in the desert, but in the desert, God gives them the three things that had been missing, okay? So what did the
1: word look like? The Ten Commandments, yeah? Okay, so the Ten
0: Commandments, like we uh, don't think of it as cool as it really was. I mean, think about it. Up until that point, there was no written anything from god there was there was no like clarity no word from god like this is what i desire from you and so for the first time yeah god says hey i'm going to make you a people you are a mass people now but i'm going to give you an identity i'm going to give you something that's going to set you apart from everybody else all the other kingdoms around you and how they behave i'm gonna make you different okay so he gives them the ten commandments which is also known as what the law yeah okay all right number two we talked about it a little bit time a little bit earlier a place of worship they didn't have one yeah
1: but god gave them the Yeah, the t- the temple, <laughs> tabernacle.
0: Yes, okay. We'll just say temple for now. Okay? This place, this this tent that God gave them where he would
1: uh he he would show up. Yes. Okay? Um
0: and as they got the commands, as they learned a little bit of God, yeah, um, they had an identity now because God was actually like like in this visible place. Yeah, they
1: started to become um, a people. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: because the promise was that he's going to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. Or in our case it would be barrels and mangoes. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. Um so 10 commands, yeah, which was the law, the temple, the people, okay? So remember what I started with, the reason why we're doing this is what does us needing God's spirit to be the believers we are today, how does that have to fit in with history, okay? Um, so let's finish, let's finish this and we'll, we'll come back. So Moses, after Moses, they get into the promised land. And then there's rulers. Yeah? What is
1: that season? Judges. Okay? There's a season of judges.
0: After the judges came a season of kings. Yes? When the God's people was like, man, every other nation has a king. Why can't we get a king? So they had King Saul, King David, King Solomon. That didn't last too long. Why? Because humans are sinful. Yeah, judges were uh like rulers, like rulers. But they, they uh uh they were following more like the commands that were set out in, in the book of Leviticus than than actually a ruler. Because um the reason why there was no kings is because there was only one king that God wanted to be their their king, their father, their lord, their god. See, uh, you got to think to you got to think like 300. I mean, in this season, you got to think like the kings then were gods. Like they w- wouldn't die, you know? Like we know that they died, but their word was like, you know, like you couldn't challenge it, you know? Guys, would, they would just execute people. They had a lot of power, and so so mere men were treated like gods. And so what God was saying was like, I want those kings. Like you only have one God, you only have one king, and God only gave them kings is because God's people kept on begging for them. So they had King Saul, and he was all right for a little bit, but he ended up sidetracked, and and David uh, was was pretty good too, but but he got sidetracked a little bit, and Solomon was super wise, but he got sidetracked too, okay? Um, so during the, the season of, of the kings, remember the 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel, okay? So in the time of the kings is when the, the nation of Israel that was broken up into 12 tribes, they split up. You had the northern kingdom and you had the southern kingdom. You had two tribes and then ten tribes because the kings didn't know how to rule. They didn't know how to stay faithful to God, and so division came, yeah? So long story short, Israel gets conquered because they were disobedient. And then um, even though they weren't a nation, they still were a people, remember? God made them a people, why? Why? Because they had a place of worship and they had the word. But during the time of conquer, their place of worship was destroyed. And so they only had the the word, you know, that kept them different than everybody else. But even that started to get a little fuzzy. Yeah. So after the kings, we have onto the scene, the prophets okay and the prophets would take us all the way up to the time of Jesus okay so
1: I'm going to write Jesus on the side over here okay we'll try to get through this
0: pretty quick okay so um so go back to the 10 commandments yeah was the first time we had the written word of God, and what did the Ten Commandments do? It gave us the desire of God, yeah? This is what I desire of you. And so what it was intended for was life, but instead of life, what did the command do? It told you that you were wrong, yeah? It was like the first time where God said, here's the framework, yeah? So the Ten Commandments came, and it built a fence-like thing around the nation of Israel, and then for the first time they realize like okay here monday i'm in the fence tuesday i'm in the fence oh wednesday shucks i'm outside the fence so this law yeah is actually instead of creating life it created death and it pointed out sin we hadn't really had any uh discussion about sin uh prior to there it was like disobedient or obedient but we were still becoming a people and so when the ten commandments showed up the the post was put up and the fence was put up and and people for the first time knew what right and wrong was and they actually thought more about the wrong than the right and so the law was this law of sin and, and death sometimes in christianity we talk more about that type of law like because you guys are young in your faith yeah i mean we talk about all the time what is the four things that build your faith the word of god prayer fellowship and obedience like god says that you do it you know which can be what can be uh fasting can be worship all those things those things like directly strengthen your faith and so, if you, because you guys are young in your faith, like I put that before you all the time, like we should read our word. Why? Because like, you should, you know. Like, why not spend more time with God? And so, sometimes uh, when I outline those things for you, it can almost be like the Ten Commandments, where I'm like, "Oh, every day read God's word, pray, journal," and you're like, um, "Maybe I do that during camp twice a year," you know. Maybe I might do that for a season. And then, yeah. hmm. Like, Monday after Monday, shucks. Forgot my Bible again. Where is it? The same place was last Monday when I forgot it. You know? So sometimes in Christianity, because we uh, love God so much, we put these things in front of you, and rather than you embracing them, it's actually this little, like, flashlight on your life where you like look at your life and you're like, oh, I'm a bad Christian because I don't read my Bible, because I don't pray, because I don't live up to the standard. But what did I say earlier? We don't want to be on the scale of good Christian, bad Christian, right? We want to be, we either believers or we're not believers. And we all know that we're believers, amen? Yeah? We all love God and we know that God loves us, Amen? Amen. There's like two of you. Sweet. i got to pray for all the rest. Okay? Alright. So, I want to jump ahead. Okay? So this, this yeah, Ten Commandments and that law I tell you, the longer we do things, the more we tend to get back to this like regimen of relationship. Where we're, we feel like we're forced into things. Are they good things? Yes, they're good things. But without the the heart behind it, it's like it's just going through the motions. So Jesus shows up on the scene and the religion that had been Judaism, yeah? That had been fostering in that time, the Jews and, and, and what they had been teaching at the time, it was more religion than it was relationship. It was more law based than freedom based. And I'm going to talk about that real fast. So Jesus came and he brought with him what? A brand new teaching. Okay? So remember the things, the three things that were absent before Moses the word, worship, and a people. So Jesus comes on the scene and he has a brand new teaching.
1: Okay?
0: Yeah, the Sermon on the Mount, you can read that. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Jesus would stand up and say, you have heard it said this way. And Jesus says, but I tell you to do something else. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Probably the greatest sermon ever. You know? In, uh, in college, I had one of my professors preach the Sermon on the Mount, like word for word. Like, he memorized Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and he preached it. Like, word for word, like, like that was his manuscript when he preached it. I was like, at first he started off by, I thought he was just memorizing it, and so he was sharing the scripture. And then he just started, like, preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Like, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. I was like, this has to be the greatest sermon ever, right? Because Jesus preached this. So with Jesus, he came, he came, as the word, and he shared what was inside of him. He didn't give them 10 commandments. He gave them the overflow from his heart, from what was inside of him, yeah? And before he started teaching what, what was inside of him. So Jesus was birth through 30. We don't know that much. Yeah? We know about his birth, and then from like his childhood up until 30, we know not much At all about his life. At 30, he shows up to John the Baptist. He gets baptized. The Spirit of God falls on him, and he starts his ministry. He starts serving God post
1: the Spirit coming on him. Yeah? And with... uh, and with God's spirit comes a brand new heart. When the
0: holy spirit comes onto the scene, it's different. Things change. So after Jesus ascended, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead 3 days rose from the dead 3 days after he died. He hung out for about 40-50 days, revealing himself to over 500 people. And then Jesus gives them a command, yeah? He says, go to Galilee, wait till, wait till the blessing comes. And 120 are in the upper room. The Holy Spirit falls on them. And what is born that day? The church. Yeah? Remember the three things?
1: The word, worship, and people. So Jesus shows up with the word he shows up with the holy
0: spirit and after the holy spirit is released on humanity
1: we become a people the church was born
0: you know after the prophets we have jesus you know what is the next thing that comes in the history of christianity there's only one more thing the church I mean, you look at it, creation, Adam and Eve, Noah, Job, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, yeah, time in Egypt, Moses, Moses, they become a people in a nation. In that nation, they're ruled by judges, then they're ruled by kings, the kings disperse, they don't have any king, they're overcome by rulers, and then there's a time of prophets. The prophets come and say, hey, we gotta follow God, we gotta follow God, why? Because the one is coming, yeah? The Messiah is coming. The Messiah shows up, yeah? Jesus, Jesus shows up, and he shares them a brand new word the spirit of god is released and we become a people
1: the church is born and what is what is after the church nothing
0: the next thing that's going to come post the birth and life of the church is jesus coming back and what what we what we need to balance here is we got to watch out for turning Christianity into a bunch of commands and we want Christianity to stay right here with the Spirit of God inside of us. That left to our own selves, we're going to be on the command side. Like, I have to do this. I have to do that. Why? Pastor said, i got to do this. Why? And we live with all these misconceptions in our minds of what Christianity really is. When at the bottom line, Christianity is about this
1: relationship that we have with Jesus and nothing else matters. Like really, my heart for you guys is that you guys love God. That you guys
0: read sometimes, you guys pray sometimes. Why? Because you guys love God. It's not this task regimented, if I read, if I don't read, I'm a good Christian, bad Christian. No. No. I tell you, that's a lie. That's from a pit of hell. That's going to shackle you in this relationship of God for many, many years. I have to go to church. I have to. No, no, no. Let's not talk about have to. What do we want to
1: do? When we think about the love of God, when we think about Jesus
0: and what he did, When we come to the end of ourselves and say, God, I I need you to come and work on me. He changes a heart that doesn't desire him
1: and he gives us a heart that does. So Paul would teach that after the Holy Spirit comes, there's no more law of sin
0: and death, but there's only a law of life. Yeah, with the spirit of God came the law of life, the law of freedom. Romans chapter 8, yeah, verse 1 and 2, you can read that. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, yeah, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me me read that for
1: you guys. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, There is therefore now no condemnation for
0: those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. Yeah. You see the spirit? The law that came with this spirit? It was a law of love. Like what did Jesus say? Of all the commands, what is the most important? Love. What is the most important of all the laws? Love. You love God, you love others with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, like you love passionately. Most important. Everything else hinges on those two things. That's freeing, right? That's freeing. Like even when you're neutral, like say you're you're like here, we're just hanging out, right? We're not we're not necessarily loving anyone particularly. It doesn't mean we're sinning. We're like we're just hanging out, you know? Like it's not about sin or not sin. It's like, what does God call us to do? Love. And how do we do that? We get forgiven of our sins, right? We confess, uh, uh, we confess through the mouth believe in the heart that Jesus is Lord. Jesus comes into our lives. And then we love. We understand the love of God. We learn more about the love of God. And then you love. We love and we forgive and we talk highly of one another's and we encourage and we're gentle and we're Patient, why? Because God was gentle and patient with us, yeah? The fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, joy, kindness, amen? Steadfastness. Why can we be those things? Because we understand for the first time in our lives that God was those things to us. He was love to us. He was patient to us. He was steadfast to us. He was gentle to us. He was kind to us. Maybe you're asking, like, how, when, when, when was he like that for us? I'll tell you, the cross. The moment God no longer counted your sins against you and he put your sins on his shoulders and that killed him. That act of death and then the three days later, the resurrection showed like the purest of love that we would ever see. Yeah. And because he was those things for us, He gives us the power to be those things for others. So verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from what? The law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Okay? So this law had a weakness. It was built on flesh. All it really did was pointed out your right and wrongs. But what the law was weak to do, Jesus had power to do. So he set us free from the right and wrongs
1: to give us life to the fullest. Pretty awesome, yeah? Pretty awesome. And he
0: did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who... And us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things, things of the flesh. So we can be Christians that set our minds on things of the flesh, right? Oh, I got to read. I got to do this. I got go to go. No, it's not about a God. Who, it's like I want to love Jesus, so I'm going to spend time with him. So. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things according to the flesh, but to those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on things of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and
1: and peace. Okay? I was going to stop there, but it's it's good. Yeah? There's There's a world that needs
0: to see Jesus, amen? There's people that are, I mean, not even thinking about heaven and hell. Like, there's people who need Jesus now in this life, in this side of heaven, yeah? Like, life is so much better with Jesus than without Jesus. And not just thinking about eternal security, but but they need Jesus today. Why? Because... Sin and death and Satan and our own fleshly desires and this world, it doesn't lead us. I love listen, I, uh, I listen to uh, Ravi Zacharias. I'm going to end pretty soon here. Sorry. It's going to be long. So I, I listen to uh, Ravi Zacharias' podcast, and he's like an apologist, yeah? Action. Every time he goes into a debate, right, he's always waiting for that one question. What is the one question that derails so many people from believing in God? Why is there suffering? If there was God, yeah, why all the killing? And so they would and, and 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 the question comes up, like, look at all those that have died in the name of religion, in the name of God. Yeah? Because God is here and in the discussion there was so much killing, and, and his response is and he, he likes when they asked them. He said, Okay, so you think about all those that have died in the name of God, what about all those who have died in the name of
1: godlessness? You think of like the Holocaust, yeah? Those were godless people.
0: You think about uh, what happens in, in Africa. You have any, any group of people that really are living like there's no God, yeah, there's, it's not even comparable the amount of people that have died because of godlessness in comparison to those that have died in the name of God, yeah?
1: In this world that we live in, yeah,
0: we know that Jesus is the answer, amen? We know that there's a world that is lost, but in order for Jesus to get to that lost world, He's chosen one plan.
1: Yeah. And that's us. Right here. Yeah. Church. That's God's plan. There's no plan B. There's no plan
0: B on reaching the world. It's us. We're broken. We're beat. We we mess
1: things up sometimes. Amen. But there's no plan B. It's us. Let that, let that sit in your spirit a little bit.
0: That Jesus came, he went on the cross to forgive us of our sins and to free us from the effects of our sins. And once, it, once we kind of get into that role of like, man, that's kind of cool. Like God forgave us, I start living the redeemed and reconciled life and God starts setting me free from all these bondage that have like held me down for so many years. We don't have anything else to worry about. It's like, what do I do now? We love God and we love others. I mean, I don't care where you are in your life right now. Whether you're a student, you're in school, you're out of school, you're a straight-A student, you're not a straight-A student.
1: We uh, we are God's,
0: God's plan here on this earth to... Show his love. I mean, unless you guys seen the Jesus, the physical Jesus walking around your schools or your workplaces anytime recently, yeah, it's not happening. God has chosen to use you guys to be
1: his mouthpiece, to be his voice, to be his thoughts. So watch out the law of sin and death even within your own Christianity think about these things the word of God yeah think about the spirit of
0: God like that's a great prayer like God come and fill me today like I want to be less of me and more of you can you come and just help me help me today I, I can't do it on my own come and fill me today Even though God has been present in your life, you can ask that. That's a good prayer to have. Jesus, come and fill me today. Thank you for all that you've done. I I need your strength. I need your thoughts. I need your power. Come and change my heart. Make my heart like your heart. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be bitter, you know. I want to be caring and loving to other people. All that things, it, it comes from God. It doesn't come from your own self. If it came from your own self, we wouldn't need him. Jesus would never have had to come and die on the cross if by our own strength, we would love willingly.
1: We need God in our lives. Amen? Spend time with him, man. Spend time with him. Just throw up prayers throughout the day. Like, God,
0: how are you doing, man? And he'll, he'll answer. How do I know? He's he's answered mine many a times. And I know he's answered many of your guys' prayers before.
1: Should we pray? Let's pray. Hey, just repeat his name. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we worship you, Father. Thank you so much for being present this evening.
0: Thanks for coming and and teaching us. and Thanks so much for what happened on the cross and not just what happened on the cross, but what has happened in our own lives. Jesus, thank you for forgiving us of our sins and thank you that we're Christians that sin too sometimes. But you forgive us still. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit upon each person here. And just receive him. Just tell him, I receive you, Jesus. Receive your Holy Spirit. Receive your Holy Spirit. Thanks, Jesus, that that we haven't only been forgiven of our sins, but you've given us your spirit so that we can live life to the fullest. John 10.10 says, A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come to bring us life and life to the fullest, not just forgiveness of sins, but life how you created it to be lived. So, Father, I just pray for the, the power of miracles to happen. Lord, I pray that as this group goes out there and prays for people and and helps people out and loves on people father pray that you would work miracles out through this group as they step out in faith as they step out in boldness father as they're unashamed about their love for you father pray that they would be able to experience uh, miracles lord in their lives yeah thanks jesus i just pray for the families lord that each person here represents i just pray that you would work a miracle there that not only them but their parents and their grandparents and their siblings, Lord, and their aunties and uncles, Lord, would all come to you. Look how many people can be reached just by this small group, Lord. And thanks for believing in us, Lord. Thanks for trusting in us. Thanks for giving us your spirit. We love you so much, Father. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen.